Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Nipple Effect. I'm Jen Wenen, your host. Uh, this podcast is a companion piece to We Are She, the movement, a nonprofit that offers women the opportunity to be photographed nude in order to promote positive body relations and to celebrate all female bodies as art. Um, this podcast is made possible by donations. Uh, and also merch purchases. And this week we would like to shout out to give a shout out, give a shout out to Cayenne for supporting us. Um, if you enjoy these episodes and you want to support, um, go to the show notes and you can find a link to do so, either by donations or by purchasing some dope merch from our merch store. Uh, our guest, oh, lastly, um, if you would like to follow along with the movement and find out the next. Uh, time we are doing we are offering it, photos click on the link in the program notes and sign up for our newsletter it goes out monthly and it has everything that's happening with the with the um, the nonprofit and also things that we are thinking about in the world of uh, ending the disempowerment of women um, today's guest that I chatted with is Stormy Hill um, Stormy is a participant of the Salt Lake uh, installation. She's also a doctor. So we kind of blended the two a little bit. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit about her to you, her little bio. So she's a sexuality coach and the creator of Love Deep Lab. She combines the knowledge from her medical degree and certification as a sex, love, and relationship coach with her experience as an occupational therapist along with her 15-year practice in Tantra, breathwork, yoga, meditation, and sacred sexuality. The Love Deep Lab offers coaching with women, men, or couples to help them more deeply connect to self, the beloved, and sexuality as a source of power. Dr. Stormy helps people to find more passion and vibrancy in life and in the bedroom. Um, I really loved talking to Stormy, and I think we, I hope we covered a lot of good things I think we did. Um, she's great. Enjoy the episode, and I'll see you next time. Anyway, hi. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Good. It's so nice to see you, and thank you so much for doing that. Look at that mug. Oh, my God. Oh, isn't it so fun? It's yeah. like hand, hand bedazzled. It's like my worst nightmare, but she, this woman on Etsy wow. makes them, and they're just magical. Wow. <laughs> That's something special. Um, so good. Okay, so I'm, yes, I'm so glad that you did this and, or that you wanted to do this because, you know, we got to talk about this stuff, man. Um, yes. I just, I'm going to jump right in and kind of go for it. Okay, so I was looking on your blog and your website today doing like some research um, and real quick, just for people listening, you are our combo. You're our, you were a participant, you were a participant and then, but you're also like a special guest because you are a, would you call yourself a sex therapist? Is that how you yeah, refer sex to yourself? Coach, sex, sex, sex coach. educator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sex educator. Okay. So first of all, I want to talk about the project, um, because I just feel like we had 20 minutes to like hurry and not hurry, but just like do the shoot. 
we chatted for a second and then we had the event and I just was like panicking the entire time because I didn't get to talk to anybody and I wanted to talk to everybody and so now I'm like duh do a podcast where you get to talk to everyone about it and kind of like debrief and unpack and like you know so I want to know how you found the project and what made you want to participate yeah so uh, I thought of the project through a woman's group and we were talking about just about body positivity and um, and feeling rooted in your body and feel comfortable in your body and, and kind of moving into this um, celebration of women to women celebration of the of the of the feminine of the of the female body yeah. um, rather than being in like competition or scarcity or, mm-hmm. or comparison which is like a re- so common right mm-hmm. uh, and so we four of us in the women's group were like screw it we're gonna go do it and so we signed up and uh, we went and did it and it was totally amazing you're like magical and it was so powerful to be part of the salt lake installation Oh, thanks, Stormy. That's so nice. I love, I know, because it was, I remember you guys all kind of came in together and I was asking each of you and like, can you, I guess, I guess I'm curious more like, is the women's group part of your, your work that you do or was that like something completely separate? Yeah, no, something completely separate. We kind of connected through um, S Factor classes here in Salt Lake. Okay. And then we decided to do, uh, we were calling it like a pleasure priestesses group, like just really talking about pleasure and including sexual pleasure, but not just focus on sexual pleasure. And, and, right. and that's how, and, and so there's, there are five women in the group and I think four of the five of us did the, did your project. Yeah. Yeah. Signed up. Yay. Um, and then you were at the event, right? Am I? I was. Okay. Was so, okay. I just, I was seeing all these women in, and men in white and in celebration of the, of the feminine form and, and the, the unveiling, the reveal of the video was so <laughs> cool. And just being totally honest, it also brought up, I was like, oh shit, am I going to like my picture? What's it going to look like? You know? Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Walk me more through that of like your thoughts, because I, again, for the listeners and people who don't know, we, I photographed 160 women over nine days and then nobody saw their images until we had our event. And I said, this is going to be the first time you're going to see it. But I did it because I knew, I knew, like, you're just saying, you know, like, what, I think we can get caught up in our heads and our narratives of, like, comparison, especially when viewing these type of images in a solo, isolated experience, right? Mm. I just kind of was like, Mm -hmm. people are going to rip themselves apart. And that is not the point of this project. The point is not to compare and critique and whatever so I was like if we can view all the photos together at the same time for the first time I was like there's there's got to be something there so I'm just I'm curious to hear like more thoughts on that yeah no I love that I mean I think like so for me my experience was I mean you were magical I'd never met you before our shoot like you know the and you just made me feel so at ease and and so empowered and so beautiful and so that was you know so the, and that shows up in the in the pictures right for all the women that you photographed um, and you know that's that's a tribute to you and your artistry for sure and then I think the like collective of being in this in a really beautiful setting that you had everyone in white felt like felt like a ritual felt like ceremony which is so powerful to the mm-hmm. brain like I'm a total neuro geek and so like Ooh. literally ritual and symbol takes it down into the lower parts of the brain so I think there was just this kind of 
ease of like not having be all up in my head. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that it was such a beautiful setting with the lights everywhere. And then I think it was kind of exciting. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is that fear is just excitement without breath. And so I remember as it was kind of, you were <laughs> gathering us together. I was like, oh shit, I hope, yeah. I hope I like my picture, you know, but I was so inspired by all of the pictures and by the power and by the, just, just, the feminine and all and so many of her various forms and facets that it wasn't even like I stopped like looking for my picture if that makes yes. sense it was just a celebration like collective of the power of the feminine form of the female form and yeah it was awesome and and I loved my picture I thought it was stunning I loved all of the pictures that was like this so I totally agree with you there was there was this like collective um strength mm-hmm. and collective celebration and collective support that would not have been there had I had the reveal, like you said, in critical mode over with like a glass of wine or a cup of tea or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just you by yourself looking at your images. And then because I just was like, people would still just wonder. They would. Mm -hmm. And my whole my whole, you know, my whole purpose for the like the the seed idea behind this project was to was to to like get rid of that seed of wonder where we're like, you know, I mean, we're visual beings first, like that's how we, you know, experience our world. And so I just think seeing all these models and then we, we create all these stories in our heads of what their lives are like and we project onto them all these things, you know, mm-hmm. all these all these narratives. So then removing all that wonder kind of was, yeah, the the thing. So I'm glad to hear that you stopped searching for your photo. That's funny because other people have said that and it's – I. I tried to time the the slideshow to like enough where you saw it and you could collect the information and be impacted by the image, but you couldn't sit and like pick it apart. Totally, totally. <laughs> and it was also so cool to be in celebration. Small, it's, you know, I call it Small Lake City. So I knew so many of the women. And mm-hmm. so it was so cool to like see them and be in celebration of them and for them. You know, and, and and yeah, and I thought your timing was perfect. Like you, I almost was like, oh wait, that was me. But I was like, oh, it was beautiful, you yeah. know. And it was it was really perfect. And I have your, I mean, I have the the coffee table book, which is just gorgeous. It's sitting out in my um on my coffee table cool. <laughs> right now. So, cool. Yeah, Yay. So, oh, yeah. oh, I love that. Okay, so then now that it's been a year and some change later, do you? <sighs> I guess I'm just curious, like, did, has it had any lasting impacts beyond like the, the physical obvious, like you have the coffee table on, or you have the book on your coffee table and I don't know if you look at it or like, I guess you maybe I really haven't had guests this past year, but <laughs> yeah, you but know, have, so, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I gifted one to my mother. Um, so oh, that was nice. really cool. She was there with me. She was who I brought with me to, to uh, your event. Um, and that's so we're, we're really like open and like have a lot of sex positivity. I grew up that way, like it's a total blessing. Um, and so, you know, it was really cool to like be there and celebrate with her that, um, space, everything pretty unique. Um, and yeah, as far as like lasting, so it's interesting cause I was like, wait, do I want to put the book on my coffee table? Cause what if someone opens it? And then I'm like, isn't this what we're doing this for? You know, it's just really, it was an interesting thing to navigate. Um, and I'm pretty open with, you know, comfortable 
pretty comfortable with my body and pretty comfortable with nudity and, um, you know, Burning Man and all the things that I've done. And, and, and I love that celebration piece. But then it was different. I was like, wow, this is a guest of mine looking through and they happen upon my image. Mm-hmm. What would that feel like and be like? And, mm-hmm. and so, like you said, it hasn't really happened. I mean, it has with my boyfriend and, um, you know, my, my son had friends over and I think he's 17. I thought, oh boy, what's this going to be like? And then I'm like, great. We are going to have a fabulous sex positive conversation about this. Yes. Um, and I think it's just been this, yeah, it made me feel beautiful. It made me feel like a queen. It made me feel like, you know, more powerful in my body to go through the nervousness of the whole experience and, and then to like be behind your mission of like, in all these cities and photographing all these women and in all different ages and stages of life, um, like to be in celebration of that, you know, and, and, and I'm a woman, I, I still will, I still have to practice not tip into mm-hmm. comparison or, um, or scarcity, right? If she's so beautiful, then that means I'm less beautiful because mm-hmm. in reality it's the opposite. It's like, she's gorgeous and it inspires my gorgeousness and vice versa, you know? And I mean, gorgeous inside and out. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's been a, a lasting thing for me. And then, you know, I know you and I have chatted before um, about, like, for me in the in the sex coaching space, um, I, I mean, I'm in conservative Utah, right? And, mm-hmm. and so that's a thing. <laughs> and then it's also a thing that um, censorship on Instagram and on Facebook and um, in my space, in the sex coaching space, and, and I do sacred sexuality is really my focus. And um and so then that gets even more blurred because people are like, wait, you're combining sacredness and sexuality and how's this all work? Yeah, yeah. Censorship is a real thing. And so when you asked me if it was important to me, absolutely, I see your space as as art and activism and, and just so powerful and so needed. And my space is about let's bring like light and, and love and joy and consciousness to sexuality. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that in a lot of these social media platforms because the censorship is so intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's so much to unpack there. <laughs> First of all, did you, I just want to, I just out of pure curiosity sake, did, um, your son's friends come over and did they see the book and did you have a conversation about it? Cause I want to hear about it. That's if you did, <laughs> my son, he's, he's just, he's my greatest teacher on this earth. And he and I have an incredibly sex positive, very open communication style. And he's like, mom, it's already uncomfortable for me that my mom is a sex coach. He's like, I can, will you just put it on the shelf? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I did just okay. put it on okay. the great. shelf. Okay. Uh, great. Yeah, great. Which, great question though. But, and I, I mean, I also think that's important too, you know, to respect where, I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I imagine I like think about when, cause I would like to have kids. So I think about when I do and I'm like, let them lead you know, let oh, them lead with yeah. what they're comfortable with and yeah. what they're ready to. Meet them where they are. Yes. Meet them, you know, developmentally where they are, but also starting. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I would say a, a big passion of mine is how do we cultivate a sex positive household and community and town and world and all of the above, but you know, meeting them where they are. Absolutely. And then also being brave to like toe in to your own discomfort, right? It's not a comfortable space for most people to talk about in a healthy way around sex and sexuality. And nudity obviously often is just as uncomfortable to talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So how did you get into your line of work? Cause I was reading, well, yeah, I was reading on your blog and you have like, like you're a doctor in Mm -hmm. what is it? 
So I have a medical degree and then I'm also an occupational therapist. Okay. And then, so you have fused those and then I want to know what took you into this line of like specifically being like the sacred sex. And I want to know more about what that means being like a sacred sex coach. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's like, I think it, I'm a hybrid like we all are. And so I think it's like, for me, it was like the medicine, medicine. I wanted to be a doctor since I was five years old and I wanted to study psychiatry. Okay. Um, and I went all the way through and took my boards and got my, got my degree. Um, and then I didn't continue practicing because life, my son, I decided to stop practicing medicine to be there with my son who was really sick at the time. He has a, he has a rare heart disease. Okay. And, and so I thought, Oh, I'll go back to medicine. His life was like slated to be short. So I figured I'd go back to medicine when he passed on actually, just wow. to be honest. And, um, and then he's 17, you know, and so it was wow. and as much as I love medicine, I love being a mom a hundred million times more. Um, and you know, and so, um, he had an occupational therapist. He also, he's also has autism. He's on the spectrum. And so he had an occupational therapist who became a part of our life and she just became a part of our family. And she uh-huh. was the first to say, we should get him screened for autism. And, uh, anyway, and she said, Stormy, you should, you should go back to school and become an OT. You'd be amazing. And at the time I said, are you insane? I just finished medical school. I'm yeah. And so like fast forward three years, I went back to school and became an OT, um, also studying mental health. So mental health OT, um, focusing on sensory and our senses and, and, and how we can use our senses to stay regulated brain and body. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I practiced that since 2010. So I practiced as an OT, mental health OT. Um, and so I've always worked in, with the brain. I've always worked in wellness and mental health. And I think it's funny, I just actually, for my podcast, recorded today with a, with a wellness coach because talking about sex as a part of wellness. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I sort of, you know how you do, like you intuitively know that, but you don't know what you don't know? Yes. <laughs> this kind of thing. Yes. Same thing with sacred sexuality. I was like, I felt like sex should be sacred, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it wasn't how I was raised it wasn't how our what our culture supports or any of those things yeah um and so and then it was really just through my own journey um finding tantra 15 years ago and uh, yoga and breath work and um and Taoist practices and kind of taking all of those things and and so i i focus on sex science and sacredness and those three aspects and um, you know, and I think it's, it's just, it's been fun to kind of weave all these things together and how related Western and Eastern traditions are and how related, I mean, we, we separate sex and totally. faith and spirituality and sacredness, but they are not separate. They are very much merged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> I know. So it's... that's what I do now. I, so I really love deep is my, um, is my passion. It's my, it's my professional purpose for being on this earth and, um, and that's, it's been such a joy to, uh, and, you know, and just being honest, also a lot of struggles around this censorship piece, it, but that makes me just like you, cause I can feel it in your email that it like lights your fire, right? It's why we're doing this work. Yes. You know, it, yes. It, it, you, so this is for real, Jen, you can't say pleasure currently on social media platforms because you'll get flagged or banned or shadow banned or taken down. Because they assume you're talking about sexual pleasure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Do you mean just in like text form or like are you doing IGTV lives or how did you, yeah, in what way? So posts um, on both Facebook and Instagram, um, you might, I was trying to run like an ad, but not just like a growing my audience because 
it's really important in this space to have an audience, to have followers. Yeah. Um, and I'm just a baby starting this. I mean, it's only been two years and, and I've got content coming on my eyeballs because I'm so passionate about this, but you need the followers, right? And, right. And we need, we need the, we need the strength behind the movement, right. um, the numbers behind the movement. And, and so it's been, so in a post, I literally wrote one about neuroscience, about polyvagal theory and about like exercising our pleasure muscle, like, uh-huh. because it's really like, we can only tolerate nothing about sex, nothing about sexuality, not even sensuality. Yeah. And they were like rejected because it's sexual content. So that it's like, this is. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, you have to spell pleasure like with the little funky things. So like that the you dashes <laughs> between each of them or something? What? Or dots or whatever, all the things. But what was so wild to me is I'm like, what? I'm talking about pleasure like a delicious sip of tea or a fabulous piece of chocolate or the sunshine on your face or all of the things. Yeah, know? yeah. And if I think about pleasure, I think about one really fabulous part of pleasure can be sexual and sensual and physical pleasure, but that's one part of the pleasure pie, so to speak. So Yeah. Damn, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously we're doing this podcast because we got banned or blocked from our mm-hmm. doing IGTV live, which is fine because that was a little bit of a struggle for me anyway. But, um, I'm just thinking... Do you, um, so what are you hoping that to come from this love deep? So it's love deep lab, right? Love deep lab.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's your, lab.com. what's your main objective with it? Hmm. Well, I, mean, I work with men, women, and couples, like really kind of, it's a, their embodiment practices. So somatic practices getting out of the head and into the body, mm-hmm. um, including sensuality, sexuality, including mindfulness, including communication skills. Like I said, kind of the mutt of the hybrid that I am, um, but very much based on the neuroscience and the physiology behind that. Um, so that's kind of what, that's what I do. It, it, it's coaching, uh, one-on-one or two-on-one coaching, um, okay. and hopefully group coaching coming soon online. But, you know, I think if I, what my purpose would be like to be like a pleasure pusher, to like help people live life more joyously and like pleasure filled and sensually, including in the bedroom. I mean, I was just saying today on my podcast, I was like, you know, what we, what we do in life shows up in the bedroom and what we do in the bedroom shows up in our life. I mean, in all areas of our life, it's like really the light and the shadow part. And so bringing in, you know, thoughtfulness, consciousness, jargon, like normalizing, you know, sex is my favorite subject in the world to talk about. And if I had my way, we would all talk about sex like we talk about the weather because yeah. it's so important. <laughs> yeah. like, but my boyfriend likes to remind me, not everyone likes to talk about it as much as you do, which is yeah. right, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's just kind of like adding some light and love and innocence and joy back into, you know, sexuality. And then also just helping people live life more pleasure, like with more pleasure. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I went to the uh, flea market on Saturday and I wore our more nudity, one of our t-shirts and I went and I was like, oh yeah, it's like, this is very bold. Like, and it, the amount of people that looked at it, the amount of people that like looked and looked away, but then a lot of people were like, oh my God, I love your shirt. And I was like, yes, what's up? So (laughs) (laughs) I know that they're on board with more nudity. Um, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like, in terms of this whole censorship thing, I mean, I think, I think one of the reasons that I'm so so passionate about it is is because 
I talked about this a little bit on one of our, like one of my other IGs that I did with a, a girl uh, in terms of like looking at nudity through the lens of the LDS church. Cause she's a, she was a member, but she's, mm-hmm. you know, claims she's like, I'm like a practicing member, but not a, obviously not like a spokeswoman for the mm-hmm. church or whatever. She's mm-hmm. like, but she said something that was really interesting. She's like, you know, when you were little and we would, somebody would talk about something or say something that like you felt in your body was like a zing, like a zinger. And you're just like, Ooh, what was that? Like that was some boundary that it was exciting to talk about because it's not normally talked about. And we sometimes feel like we shouldn't talk about it. So I guess I'm saying all of this to like ask you how you have, um, maybe cultivated such an open space with your son in your home or, uh, uh, because I think change starts at home. I mean, that there's, that's, you know, that's the only way really. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. I mean, I think it's like starts in the home and then hopefully into your like, like little inner circle and then maybe your like outer circle and then it gets just bigger from there, you know, which is why I love what you're doing of like, getting women in, on board like with you with the we are she movement and, and just looking at censorship because it's like it is it does grow like we do build a collective but it starts yes. like with well it starts within me really and then right. within my home right 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 um, right for me you know I think it's um like I mentioned my son's 17 and we've always I mean I've been a single mom for 12 13 years with him uh-huh. um and we we just have always kind of had really a commitment to openness and communication. Mm-hmm. And I say that he's on the spectrum. So communication is not innately uh, programmed for him. Right. Um, it's not, in the, not in the neurotypical way, let's say more in the neurodivergent way. Right. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, that's also kind of taken out the, the, the stigma or the expectations and we could create whatever we wanted in our home. So we talk incredibly openly mm-hmm. age appropriately, because it was important to me to respect his development. Right. Um, you know, about sex, about drugs, about alcohol, about consent, about boundaries, about, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would say that if he were sitting here, you know, it, it, it's so cute because they'll say, mom, is this normal? And I'm like, what's normal? Normal is so boring. <laughs> and who's to say normal, you know? Yes. But I think he has an idea that that's not typical. Oh, yeah. And I said, I yeah, would yeah. agree. It's not typical. But I think, it, I said, oh, I don't know. Does it feel weird? And he's like, no, it feels normal. And I said, well, then it's our normal, you know? Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, and it's really great, you know, and I said, I always joke, I said, someday your partner will thank me. <laughs> <laughs> it is very true. I see that as being very, very true. And then just to be able to like, so I would say starting at home and then also being able to laugh about it. Like, mm-hmm. if you can't, if we can't laugh about sexuality and nudity, like, then we, we are, like, well, I always say we're imprisoned by it we shouldn't be having sex with them, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's really like, you know, <laughs> And, and same with nudity, you know, um, like I've talked to my son about like in other cultures and like that, the, it, why is there such a massive obsession with nipples right now? Like, oh what my is God, the deal dude. with nipples? Like, yeah. You know, it's like if you buzz, if you blur them out at all, it's fine. But if you don't, and I said, what? You know, and it's such an interesting thing versus in other cultures where um, you know, children grow up like with, without having nudity be this 
only in the shadows or only in porn or only mm-hmm. like right and so mm-hmm. there's this um it, it we're, we're they're like in it around it there's this normalization so it has so much of a less of a charge mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. it and i think that's so important and you know how do we create nudity positivity that's a tough one in our culture man yeah you know i just i i um on I'm not super like on the TikTok, but sometimes I watch it and like I'm, you know, uh-huh. people are sending me videos and things. But there is this one uh, guy, I can't think of his handle right now, but he's a, I think he's like a, he's like a sociologist or a psychiatrist professor. And he does, he talks a lot about sex and, and um, how like the colonization and socialization of our society is what has contributed to this shame around the nude body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one video, just barely. It's I I'm, I want to post it in our newsletter, but um, there were some girls on TikTok doing a dance. She was wearing a top. The top slid, showed like maybe like a millimeter of the nipple, and like broke the internet basically everyone was like girl you're out girl girl oh my god your nipple your nipple like and just and we're just like wow that this whole like you know uh I I was gonna say fascination but that's not the right but 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 it kind of has been right like I Mm -hmm. I view the the complete censorship of the female body as a direct contributed contributor to rape culture absolutely me too because me too we always like you know we want not that not that we want that we can't want want what we can't have which is true but like something that is so natural has been become so taboo absolutely you know yeah i mean in the taboo how it works their brain is like First of all, that like like I said, it's like this hyper focus, right, or right, hypo focus. Where for me, I'm like, what about the magical world of like moderation and, and like in between, you know, right. of being in middle ground around right. nudity, middle ground around sexuality, like and knowing the audience and knowing the context of court and knowing consent and boundaries and all of those things, right. But not having it be this like it's also like how the brain works. It's like if you tell your teenager don't do something, all they hear is do go check it out. Yes. 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 Repression has never worked. No, it has never worked. It will never work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And every time we were to get, we kept getting like removed or blocked on Instagram. I was like, Oh, this is just fuel for the fire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, come Mm -hmm. at me. I'll come right back. Yeah, which is kind of where I think oh go ahead go go yeah no no it was just it's like because I work a lot with it with masculine energies and feminine energies in in like the tantric traditions and when I'm working on polarity with couples let's Mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. Um, but even within myself or within my clients and what was interesting for me is when I started getting like blocked and censored and ads rejected left and right and you know all the things I was I was really tipped it really tipped me into my masculine it was like do go solve organize you know <laughs> and, which, and it, so it was wild experience because for me with love deep I'm really desiring in my own practice too is to be in powerful leadership but from my feminine mm. from of recepti- receptivity and openness and invitation mm-hmm. and then I was like that's really effing hard when you're constantly being censored you know yeah but it yeah. was just wild to watch how it brought out this like 
fight, and not that the feminine can't be fiery, because we she is, um, but it brought out this really masculine energy in me, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to shift and flow, because to me, that's really embodying the feminine, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to go to the podcast, because I can offer rich, deep, uncensored, uncensored content to my listeners to help them grow, and that's what I was trying to do in the first place. Yes, yes. And maybe that's the future of everything is that we live on podcasts. <laughs> Listen true. and get there our information there. I have to say, I went from not being a podcast listener to having my own podcast. And I'm like, they're amazing. You can find them in everything. Yes. And you can say what you want and you can offer practices. And, you know, just like everything, there's, there's good and there's bad, there's shadow and there's light and, you know, all of that, just like everything. But I just find it a really rich um, platform that for me is feeling much more aligned. Yes, same. Okay, um, before I have one last question for you, but do you have yeah. any questions for me or in no? I just want to the... know how to be of like support and okay. be a part of this because I just cheerlead for you and your magic and what you're doing. So yeah, I mean, just I know we'll, I know we will stay in touch and in collaboration. But I, you know, anyone listening, I think it's like check out her work and check out what she's doing with the We Are She movement, and it's pretty incredible. Well, thanks, Story. I mean, well, I was going to plug you, but I appreciate the the reverse <laughs> plug. <laughs> um, my last question that I just want to sign off with, but before we uh, sign off, how can people find you and where can they find you and what are all your things? Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Facebook. And it's obviously like the more benign version, but yes. still very like a lot of mindfulness-based and communication tools and just things like how do we want to come out of the pandemic and being gentle with our nervous systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Love Deep Lab, both on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, and then there's a private group on Facebook, Love Deep Lab group. Um, okay. And then I have the la- uh, website, lovedeeplab.com. Yay. And there's a lot more information on there. Um, and then the podcast is every Thursday, Sex, Science, and Sacredness on all the pod platforms. So. Ooh, I love that. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to give that a listen because you've said so many uh-huh. things that I want to talk to you about, but they're like kind of not <laughs> quite on topic. So I'm trying to stay <laughs> on topic, but I'm going to listen. Yes. Uh, uh, next week's podcast, uh, this week is about like how mom energy is actually really sexy energy because I have a lot of moms that are like, I don't feel sexy as a mom. But the next week is um, uh, one of the world's experts on pelvic floor health and and just, she's just incredible. I I had no idea someone could make the pelvic floor sound so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. Yes, we will definitely check it out. Um, And then I just want to end with this question, which is how did participating in the project and attending the event impact your sense of self? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. You know, I think it's like, I always say we only grow at our edges. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't grow in our comfort zone. It's just not how it works, right? And mm-hmm. so, and our edges are by design uh, to our brain. It's like uncomfortable. I, I like to say fun, comfortable. Mm. It's like oh yeah, I remember you said so, that in our yeah, thing. Yeah, it was fun, comfortable. And um, and I'm all, so, but it was like really gentle and nourishing because I'm also not, about blowing through our edges because that's just more trauma, right? So yes, it's like, yes. it felt like you, it felt like the collective, the movement, all felt really like nourishing to be in my edges. But it was an edge for me, and I, and I, so I think I think I well I, I know I grow I grew and expanded because I was willing to like lean into an edge, but lean in thoughtfully and lovingly and collectively, like with the support of all these women, yes, um, into an edge. And so you know I think the more we do that, then our then our then our inner landscapes constantly expanding right mm-hmm. and so that's what I would say is it just sort of was a, a lovely way to lean into my edges 
Oh, I love how you put that. That's so nice. <laughs> okay, well, um, thanks so much for doing this, Stormy. I really appreciate yeah. it. And we will we will see you. We'll talk to you soon. And I don't know how to end this now. <laughs> <Just> like, what? <laughs> We're going to chat. Listen, we're going to chat sidebar because you honest to God have said some things that I'm like, oh, I want to know more about this. So we will for sure. We'll be in touch. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Much love. Okay. Bye, Stormy. Stormy.